0: This is the Amazing Education Podcast. Powered by the Ames Community School District, I'm your host, Eric Smith. On today's episode, we are joined by Dr. Jeff Hawkins. We're going to have an amazing conversation about the importance of modeling classroom strategies during meetings to administrators and teachers, and how that modeling can be used in the classroom. All right, well, thank you, Dr. Hawkins, for being on this episode of the Amazing Education Podcast. I'm super excited that you're here.
1: I'm very excited to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you.
0: So I've been in meetings with you, and the first time I saw it, I'll be honest with you, it, it was kind of fascinating to me because, you know, it's a bunch of administrators, and you know we all know each other, and you're talking, and all of a sudden you stop the, the meeting for a moment and demonstrate... A strategy that you used and really what you're doing is that you're modeling that strategy for us and I found it to be completely fascinating and so I wanted to talk more about that.
1: Sure yeah I I would love to talk about that. I think um, the old adage right that good teaching is good teaching Um, really applies to whoever we're leading in that teaching. And so I more oftentimes get the opportunity to lead adults in their learning, but I still think we want to approach that learning with really good teaching strategies. And many instructional frameworks um, that would describe really what quality teaching looks like would include modeling and being really specific and intentional about the thinking that the quote-unquote expert is bringing to that conversation.
0: And so I find it interesting (laughs) that you are very intentional about being intentional as as well. I don't know if that's a thing, but. um, So kind of walk through like your intent of doing that because we're in a room full of adults and you know, we're talking and kind of even nuts and bolts things as far as how a school district operates and you use a strategy and then you explain what that strategy is. And so what do you hope happens then from that meeting beyond that meeting?
1: The reason that, uh, so when you you talk about being intentional about being intentional, I appreciate that phrasing. So um, when I'm in a meeting that I've planned to be in, I will have planned through which strategies I want to use in that meeting and how I'm going to share those strategies. Um, I view every opportunity that I meet with people as an opportunity to educate. And so my goal is to bring new and or additional strategies to that conversation with the hopes then that I build the repertoire and the, the skills and strategy bank, if you will, of the people in the meeting, because what I'm hopeful for is that people will leave, one, seeing the benefit of the strategy and how they can use it, but then also the benefit of being really well-planned and intentional about the use of strategies. So, so I guess my hope is that as I model strategies, um, that the people I'm modeling them for will go back and incorporate that into their practice. And I will say, um, when I was a principal and walking into classrooms, I had several opportunities to watch teachers um, utilize and explain the <laughs> st- strategy that they were yeah. using with kids. Um, and even uh, in my brief time here in Ames, I've had the opportunity to be in buildings and watch other leaders explain the str- – so, so I see it come yeah. to fruition in which people – start to become more conscientious about the strategies that they're using. I mean,
0: that's got to get kind of have to be a cool feeling though, knowing that you see that come to, I mean, cause that is ultimately your intent mm-hmm, is that, that is you, exactly you, right. you want it to happen in our buildings and in our classrooms right. and, and you see it happen. So for you professionally, like how, what was the origin of this as far mm-hmm. as operating meetings in this way? Sure. Like did it start like clearly, you had to make deliberate steps to research these strategies and then be very intentional about the ways you research and then deliver this in a meeting. So, like, how long have you been doing this? Um, I've been doing this for a very long time, um,
1: probably for the last decade, about every meeting that I would be in, or particularly if it was a learning-oriented meeting, would I would be bringing to it some sort of intentional strategy that I intend to share. And and where it came from was the recognition that um, it it probably comes from the same place that our research base comes from, right? So there, there are strategies that teachers can use in the classroom that have a high impact and a high leverage on student learning. And when teachers are conscientious about using those appropriately and with more frequency, students perform better. Well, good meetings don't just happen, right? Right. Well-led adult learning doesn't just materialize out of nowhere. And so what I began to realize was the amount of thinking and intentionality that was brought to making good adult learning go the way that it needed to go is something that I could share. I can, not only I could share the content of the learning, but I could share the intentionality so that I could draw people back into the intentionality of their own planning. Mm -hmm. So if I can take a few minutes to share a strategy and not have it interrupt the flow of the meeting, um, they too can take a few minutes in a classroom or a principal can take that same opportunity in their uh, professional learning with adults to share that same type of thing. And so I think it increases again that concept of intentionality as we plan and I just think it also increases the cognizance so for example um, if I know that according to Marzano's research uh, summarizing at the end of a conversation or a reading has an effect size of 1.0 in increasing student achievement and I can articulate that and point that out the odds of a principal and or teacher then restating that and then using that strategy in their classroom increases significantly.
0: So we're going to walk through um, in a little bit some of your favorite strategies so just sure. so that you know we can um, be very deliberate as far as showing what some of these are. Um, but I was doing some research on some professional standards for educational leaders, and, and part of it is to build capacity of our school personnel and our teachers. Sure. And you know, I've been in meetings with you, and I will say that it does not impact the flow of the meeting at all. In fact, um, it's almost a little bit of a nice, oh, I'm going to pay attention again, you know, part of the Mm -hmm. meeting. And everyone's engaged already, but um, it's a nice way to even break up the meeting because we're talking about something um, different. And so I find providing, you know, these unique learning opportunities, especially for teachers, has got to be incredibly valuable because we all know, I mean, the school day is busy. I mean, you know, you're trying to manage kids, you're trying to manage content, you're Um, there's just a lot going on with students. And so I think as a district, I find this just to be a very smart way to introduce new learning without it really even feeling like learning for teachers.
1: Well, and it's so, it's also, I appreciate, first of all, I appreciate the idea that that the experience hasn't interrupted the learning for you. (laughs) That's good, that's part of the process. There actually is some literature that suggests um, modeling, which is what I'm doing when I do that actually increases engagement, right? So oh, yeah, I um, see that. sometimes the old thinking would be that if the, if the quote unquote teacher is talking, that people drift off. But when, when we do modeling the right way, when we're really, um, getting deep into our thinking and our intentionality and why things operate the way they do, uh, there's some literature that suggests, uh, engagement increases. So that's interesting that it matches your experience. <laughs> um, you're right. Teacher, teachers are super busy. And so I don't approach a meeting with teachers or principals with the assumption that they would have read research-based you know, conversation around right. um, the effect size of a graphic organizer or the effect size of a summarizing strategy or a vocabulary strategy. So if I can incorporate something into a meeting that just puts it there for them uh, in a little tidbit as a reminder, yep, you can do this too. Yeah. If I can let them know, here's the impact that this has on learning according to the research base, and I can model how to weave that into learning, I've really taken the ability to read an article and kind of boiled it down into a 30-second snippet where I'm actually demonstrating that strategy and modeling it in real time.
0: Yeah. I just find it to be a, a very smart way for um, a district leader to do that for teachers. And, and, you know, I reiterate it again. I mean, teachers, they are so busy with so many other things. The last thing they're going to probably do is... Dive into a research journal yeah. to, to find <laughs> well,
1: they, they may or they may not, but uh, um, but as you talked about it it's a it's a way to build capacity yeah in the moment so in addition to the content of the meeting, when I'm intentional about the strategies, I'm building both the content of whatever we want to talk about, yeah. but I'm building people's strategy bank um, and yeah. they're getting to see how it might be modeled in an actual meeting and so
0: um, That's a huge thing. <clears throat> yeah, it builds a lot of capacity. I, I agree. And and a couple other words that I wrote down, um, just thinking about how impactful this could be, is that I find it to be empowering, um, motivating for teachers. Because I think, and, and even administrators who may, you know, principals then may model it for their teachers, is mm-hmm. that wow, let's, let's test this out. Let's, let's see how effective it really can be. And I think oftentimes because the research supports this, it is effective and you can see a difference in the classroom or in in a meeting that you're running. Um, and you're giving it to them, which is, I find it to be a gift. So one of the strategies that
1: I find, I often end up modeling and, and talking with people about are strategies for regaining attention when you've, um, Release that so uh, a a very common instructional model in a classroom would be the teacher does something they release the students to do work, and then they wanna pull the students back together. Well, how we pull students back together, there's some strategy that Mm -hmm. you can approach to that, right? And I find that that's one of the things that I most commonly end up sharing with people is various strategies to do that in a quick and respectful way, because no teacher really wants to yell at kids, hey, 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 could you please pay attention? But
0: that is what we default to.
1: But if we don't have (laughs) strategies, sometimes that's what we do. So what was fun for me is recently, I was in a school and I had modeled that strategy for the principal yep who had then modeled it for their staff and had said, hey, I was in a meeting with Dr. Hawkins, he modeled this, I want to model it for you. Yeah. And I had a teacher approach me and say, I just want you to know that it worked. And I said, what do you, what do you mean it worked? And she said, I was in my class, yep. and I'd released them like you, you know, like we do, and I wanted them to get back together, and I tried that strategy that my principal had modeled for me, and I want you to know, in about eight seconds, the class was back together, and I didn't have to yell at them. And so, so th- let's those walk are kind through of some bucket of those. Filling,
0: right? Yeah. Oh, Mm. for sure. I mean, not only does it work with adults, but it works with students as well. So talk through what a couple of those were, because I've been a part of that.
1: Sure. So again, I mentioned, you know, how to pull a group back together. I mentioned summarizing a little bit. I oftentimes find that I uh, am either modeling an engagement strategy. So um, in a meeting, (laughs) there's the content we want to talk about, and then there's the process that we want to use to talk about it. And Um, When people carefully plan, they plan just as much about how to discuss it as they do what to discuss. Hmm. And so when I can help model different strategies to keep people engaged and thinking, there's another thing, quite frankly, that I model quite a bit is just brain-based research. There's brain-based research that would suggest... Uh, anywhere between 15 and 18 minutes is the maximum amount of attention you're going to get from an adult. Yep, I could right? say that. Sustained attention. Yep. And so then having a bank of strategies to weave into what uh, oftentimes professional development is going to be significantly longer than 15 to 18 minutes. So Hours I've got to have a, a bank of strategies in order to get people up and moving and yeah. processing and, and conversing. And so um, I find that I uh, end up modeling a lot of engagement strategies, yep. uh, again, some of that brain-based research. And then quite frankly, I find that I like to model um, a lot of research-based strategies, either from Hattie or Marzano, that have a high effect size on producing. So uh, again, uh, my hope is that they end up trickling into the classroom. Yeah. And so I find that I model things like summarizing strategies, feedback strategies, formative assessment strategies, um, a strategy that I'm pretty intentional about modeling um, is establishing purpose. Right. So there's there's a there's a high correlate or a high effect size between uh, establishing right away. What is the purpose of our meeting? What is the purpose of our learning today and being clear about okay, that? Yeah, um, and just. I mean, that's a, a lot of times people go to a meeting and they say, hey, the main thing we need to talk about is blah, 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 blah. Correct. But they may not stop and say, by the way, when I'm intentional about telling you the main point of what we're learning, the, the odds of us actually accomplishing that significantly increase. Well, that's what happens in a classroom. Yeah. If you tell kids what they're about to learn, the odds of them actually learning it increase significantly. For sure. And there's a, there's a solid research base behind that.
0: Well, and I think that's the difference between an, an adult meeting just saying that um at the beginning of a meeting but then also pointing it out as in hey i want to point out that we're identifying the purpose here right. I, I mean it, it just sinks in a little bit better yeah yep um i think it'd be valuable to um be a little bit more specific on w- like so if a teacher is, is watching or listening to this, sure. you know, what would be a couple things? And so maybe we could start with the bringing the group back together. Like, what sure. were some sp- specific things that? I'll give you two strategies yeah. that
1: I've found to be highly effective in bringing a group back together. Uh, the first is simply a raised hand. Now, the key to that strategy is that whoever sees that raised hand also needs to raise mm-hmm. their hand. Um, and so, um, fairly quickly, and it doesn't take long to get a group of adults or kids, quite frankly, to understand yep. the routine of that. Is that if I've raised my hand and you raised your hand, and we stop talking when we see a raised hand, then the the room quiets pretty quickly. Uh, typically, that's I can have a highly engaged, highly active adult meeting, and with a raised hand strategy, I can get people back together in around 10 seconds. It works. Yes, it does I've work. been a
0: part of it. I've seen yep. it work with students. And, yep. and I think the key to that one would be teaching that strategy to the students, being very direct and, and explicit with the students yes. about this is the point. So when you see this, also raise your hand, and then other students will see it. Yeah, you have to teach the routine. Right. Another strategy that I have pointed out to different audiences that
1: can be used to bring people back together is to read to people. There is something about the cadence yeah. of our voice, the, the, the tone and the lilt, that when read to, we stop and listen to being read to. And so for a long time now, I have um, modeled that if you just, it even doesn't matter whether you care what you're reading, just that. And again, typically, 15 seconds. Uh, Usually when I find that I'm reading something to a group to pull them back together, I rarely get past sentence number two, maybe into sentence number three. And then the group is back together.
0: So that one took me by surprise because you did it with us in a meeting without talking about it first. And it worked without Mm -hmm. talking about it. And then we talked about it. And so that one, I think if I had just read that, or if you just told me it, may not have believed it right away, but... Yeah, it works it, pretty easily. It worked. <laughs> and and so that was fascinating. Yeah. Um so maybe some of the um specific en- engagement strategies sure. as well.
1: Sure, yep. Yeah. So um I think the, the for me, the key to um engagement strategies is me being very cognizant of my pacing. So I try to understand and have an eye on the clock Mm -hmm. and understand what that means then in correlation to brain-based research. So um, sometimes I have a process planned. I'll I'll give you a good example. So maybe I'm I'm leading a conversation over a reading and I want to interrupt that reading with a note-taking strategy, Mm -hmm. maybe like a text-marking strategy. Um, and then some. Um, uh, there's a, a, a gist strategy in which you would um, s- basically do some summarizing of the main points, right? So that would be one strategy. I would explain the strategy. It breaks up the reading, yeah. right? But then with that, I now have the opportunity to do things like uh, uh, a standing meeting where I can get people out of their chair and talk – walking around the room talking with somebody yep. um sometimes i can actually use the physical room or i choose to use the physical room mm-hmm. like saying okay if you believe in a go stand in this corner and talk with the other people about why a is the you know the, the thinking or yeah. if you believe in you know z go stand in this corner and talk about why z is the right philosophy yeah. here you know so i can get people out of their chairs and moving and talking so writing moving talking with people would be ways that I can break up conversation or reading yeah. to promote just a more active brain and more engagement in the work.
0: And I think there's also some really great um, formative assessments that you can do with these strategies as well. I know yourself and a colleague of ours, Dr. Dumas, uses um, a fist of five. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think there was you know a thumbs, thumbs up. up, thumbs down. Right, and these are very simple things. Very simple strategies. But they are things that students have to engage with you know like just to get a sense of where you're at not right not wrong but but where you add on on this idea or this question or this yep. topic and it can be used in a number of different ways and you know what an effective teacher has can have a number of these that they can use throughout um, a class right without a doubt um, and you know so there's some keys to using them
1: successfully like the thumbs up thumbs down or the fist to five what i always try to model for teachers is you don't ask that and then just glance around the room and move on like you have to be intentional about looking at each participant oh and, that's interesting and, you yeah because otherwise you send the message that you don't really care about everybody's answer um and so if you're going to do a fist to five you got to make sure you get that feedback from each kid or if you're going to do a thumbs up thumbs down you got to make sure that you see where you're at with each learner right cause otherwise
0: you um actually reinforce the message you don't want to have um so that's that's actually a V- a very good point to to that specific strategy is mm-hmm. actually be intentional on how you use it as well not just using it yeah you don't want to just
1: <laughs> use a fist to five strategy and be like oh all right I can check that one off I used right. fist to five because if, you, yeah, if you're not intentional about looking for each child's response yeah then it becomes pretty obvious or each learner's response. yeah it becomes pretty obvious that you really weren't too interested in everybody's response, But
0: using it effectively can send even another message without even saying it. it, as in, I value... Yeah, I
1: care where your learning is at. I, <laughs> ca- I want to know where you're at, and you're at, and you're at, and you're at. Yeah. Right, that's, I care.
0: I, I love every part of that. Um, so I think we touched on this, but I think it'd be interesting to sort of recap it, is what this does for students. So we just touched on mm-hmm. a great one... Um, as far as I care about your learning, yeah. um, but what some of the other ones as far as the engagement strategy or bringing them back together, like what does this do for students? Like how is this impactful in our classroom if, if we use these? Sure, sure. Well, there's probably
1: two different ways to think about the use of strategies that it can impact kids, right? So one way is Um, obviously our kids are going to participate better and and focus on our learning if they're engaged there's all sorts of process strategies that we can bring to the way that we design instruction because an engaged learner is much more likely to be successful than an unengaged learner so that's one way it impacts kids but then there's also these strategies that have a research base around them uh, on impact of achievement so whether that's uh, uh, graphic organizers, um, response to formative assessment, setting purpose, summarizing strategies. I've mentioned several of these already, but those are strategies that are high leverage strategies that engage the brain or give me information as a teacher. um, That are shown through um, a research base through the science of education to actually impact achievement. And so the beauty of being someone who's intentional about modeling their strategies is I can build some capacity in the adults that I work with in order to create processes that are engaging and that we pull people in and out of effectively, run an effective meeting, but then I can also give give them and build their capacity and strategies that's ultimately going to give our kids an advantage in learning, right? Help solidify that learning outcome, which is right. what we're all achieving for.
0: It's what we're all about. I, I think that's absolutely great. Um, I, I think we could talk about this a, a lot longer, Um, and, and I fully anticipate we'll probably end up doing some further work on this. I just sure. think it's um, growth areas, I think, are wonderful and this is an area that i think everyone can be more intentional about and get better at because ultimately it's going to like you said make for a better meeting it's going to make for better student outcomes it's going to make for better classrooms and i just think it's great all along um so we're going to wrap up this episode and as you know we are we're in the business of amazing things. And so I wanna give you an opportunity to share something amazing in the world of education sure. in, in your world.
1: Sure. Um, so one of the things that I, I love about uh, where education is going right now, I see it playing out in Ames Community Schools and I'm sure it's playing out across our nation. And that is um, the, the, the goal or the intent, the, the intentional work of schools to create really authentic experiences for our, our students, right? So I see more and more opportunities for kids to maybe get out of their desk, get out of their classroom, engage in a real world problem solving, yeah. real world experience. So for example, I just got done with a conversation um, uh, in our high school building in which we're planning for a student enterprise where students will run a real business making a real product Um, Practice marketing and selling and money handling and all of those things that that an entrepreneur would need to do as a part of entrepreneurship. So not just textbook learning, but real world application. And I'm in other conversations with other teachers where we're talking about how do we get outside of the school building and get into nature and discover some of the things that are going on in our natural world, some of the problems that are going on, and how do we become uh, active. Um, participants in solving community-based or world-based problems. And the authenticity that that brings to the learning environment and the amount of engagement that kids have when they get to genuinely solve a problem for a real audience is just amazing. And it's something that I'm proud to be able to be a part of in education right now. I
0: think it's great. I think that could be an entire episode having that conversation because that is where it should go. Yeah, um, yeah. It's fun stuff. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Hawkins, for being willing to be on this show.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. This was fun. Thank all you right. very much. Take care. Thanks. Yep. You bet. <laughs>